0: Let's pray. Heavenly Father, may the light that is Jesus shine into our hearts and lives today and every day. We ask in his name. Amen. That text, the final verses of John chapter 9, it just is astounding. It's amazing. What Jesus is saying is powerful, insightful, and also a bit perplexing. At first glance, it can be confusing. Jesus says, for judgment, I came into the world that those who see might become blind and those who are blind might see. Now I reverse that. I hope that's okay. So he's basically saying that spiritually blind people will see and people who think they see will become blind. That clears it up, right? You know, for judgment I came into the world that those who... Are blind will see, and those who see will become blind. Well, then the second one, after the Pharisees kind of catch on, they say, you're not saying we're blind, are you? And Jesus says, huh. You know, if you were blind, you would not remain in the guilt of your sin, but because you say you can see, your guilt remains. That's pretty clear, isn't it? Well, here's what I'm going to do. And you'll need to massage the outline in the service folder a bit uh, because my final version of the sermon was hatched after I did the outline. So number one should be, who are those people who claim they can see but are really blind? Who are those people who believe they see, but in reality they can't see? They're blind. Well, the answer is pretty simple. It's the Pharisees. The Pharisees, way back in John 6, when Jesus said, I am the bread of life. The Pharisees said, no, 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 no. The law is the bread of life. The law is what nourishes us. The law is our avenue to real life now and eternal life forever. And now when Jesus says in John chapter 8 and also the beginning of chapter 9, I am the light of the world, the Pharisees say, no, 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 Jesus. The law is the light of the world. The law and our natural willpower, that's the light that shows us righteousness, that makes us righteous. Now, those two passages from Psalm 119 and that one verse from Proverbs 6.23. You may say, well, that's not strictly speaking of the law. And verse 105, which is often a confirmation verse, you can can fudge that a bit. But here's what you have to understand. The Pharisees believed it was talking about the law. Your word, your law is a lamp under my feet. A light unto my path. And I want to show you one verse in particular, which is Proverbs 623, which is probably the clearest one of all, and that's on your first page. And it's the last four lines. For this command is a lamp, this teaching is a light. And correction and instruction are the way of life. That there's an interesting Hebrew word there, that you know, but you don't know you know it. The the word for command. Um, it's a Hebrew word, and once I pronounce it, you'll know where I'm going. It's a mitzvah. Have you ever heard of bar mitzvah? Son of the law? 12-year-old Jewish boys. Now they've got bat mitzvah, too, uh, for little girls. But it's at that age that they become, quote, sons and daughters of the law. So the way the Pharisees understood this was Now, they really believe this, so don't snicker. That if they meditated on the law long enough, they would receive the inspiration and the power to do the law, to gain God's approval, to attain righteousness. They really believe that. And we say, well, that, that, if you really believe that, I've got a bridge in Brooklyn I'd like to sell you. If you really believe the law can transform your heart and and change your attitudes with consequent new actions, good luck with that. You know, Paul... In Romans 7, it says the law arouses sin. Uh, the Greek word is even more descriptive, inflames sin, sets sin on fire. So if you think the law is going to change your heart, transform your attitudes, change your life, good luck with that. Now, this is something I've tried to tell people a long time, Uh, but with a Supreme Court decision last week overturning Roe v. Wade, uh, people who are pro-choice will come to me and say, well, pastor, you can't legislate morality. Have you heard that one? And I say, yes, you can. But that's not the problem. The problem is, you can't legislate a new heart, new attitudes, a different perspective on life. Incidentally, we're gonna talk about freedom next week on July 3rd, so I won't get into that right now very much. But who really thinks that the law can free you from the prison house of your own self-centeredness, can release you from the dark dungeon of your selfish nature. Who really believes that? So Christian churches in this country better get to work because the only thing that can warm and transform their hearts and lives is Jesus Christ, the light of the world. His light dispels our captivity, releases us from the dark dungeon. So that's point number one. Who are those people who believe that the law is the light of the world and consequently they are blind? Do you understand seeing in a certain way blinds them? seeing the law not as a guide, not only as a guide but as an inspiration and a power to change you? You're blind. You don't understand human nature. You don't understand the depth of your problem. You don't understand the prison house and the dungeon that you are locked in. So number two, who are those people? Who are blind, but they will see. Who are those people who are blind, and yet they have spiritual sight? Well, like the Apostle Paul, they become disenchanted with the law. The law is not my Savior. The law will not free me from myself. Paul, Galatians 2, through the law, I died to the law. It's a dead end, folks. Yes, there's a point to the law. It is a guide for your best life, for the way life works best. It is able to examine you and reveal you to yourself, but it will not change you where you need to be changed. It will not sink into your heart and convert your heart. So these people, they're blind to the professed possibilities of the law Maybe it's from first-hand experience, maybe it's just a sense of scripture. But they realize if their deepest need to escape the prison house of guilt and sin, the dark dungeon, the law ain't going to do it. So they're not looking to the law. Incidentally, I I listened to a sermon this last week where the preacher made a pretty compelling case that guilt is the universal human condition. We all think we're unworthy, that we lack significance. We all experience the sense that I'm less than other people expect or I even expect of myself, and so you're trapped in this prison house, in this dungeon of guilt. And the law is not going to cut through that. Jesus, as the light of the world, comes and says, I can free you. I can release you from yourself, your own selfish interest, your own self-centeredness, your own self-focus. Okay, Jesus, how are you going to do that? 2 Corinthians 5:21 God made him who knew no sin to be sin for us so that in him we might become the righteousness of God we're freed from our need to make our lives right because Christ has done it we're freed from focusing on ourselves and our abilities To make our lives right through what we accomplish or what we acquire, and we realize that Christ has done it. That He is our righteousness. That in Him our sins are forgiven, our guilt is removed, we're no longer captive, we're free. we are released well you say pastor where does that happen when does that happen in second chronicles chapter 5 at the very end of the chapter the priests bring the ark of the covenant into the holy of holies and the glory of God descends and fills the temple. And so David, interpreting that experience, he says, God dwells in thick darkness because the Holy of Holies was pitch dark. There was no light in the Holy of Holies. the place where the transaction between the offering and the forgiveness took place. The three synoptic gospels, Matthew, Mark, and Luke, tell us that from noon to the third hour, 3 p.m., darkness covered the whole land. It shrouded the cross. That is telling us something. It's telling us that the cross is the new holy of holies. It's the place where the transaction takes place. That our sin and guilt are removed, that we're freed from the prison house and the dark dungeon. I want to read a little bit from the bulletin, and then you can use those Bibles that are underneath the pews if you like. But I want to read just the final verse of the epistle lesson. For God who said, let light shine out of darkness, made his light shine in our hearts to give us the light of the knowledge of God's glory. Displayed in the face of Christ. God's glory. God's glory is his love and his forgiveness. So now, if you have your iPhones or your Bible, would you go to 2 Corinthians chapter 3? And let me retrieve my glasses. I'm going to look at verse five, but then I'm going to skip down to verse nine. so OK. oh, it's verse six. The letter gosh, this doesn't look right. Is your Bible different? At the end of verse 6, for the letter, the law kills, but the Spirit gives life. Now go down to verse 9. If the ministry of condemnation had glory, the ministry of righteousness exceeds much more in glory. For even what was made glorious had no glory in this respect because of this glory that excels. For if what is passing away was glorious, what remains is much more glorious. So he's basically saying the message of righteousness in Christ far excels the law. The message of no condemnation excels the guidance of the law. And now this is kind of interesting Uh, I'm using the New King James Version because that's what you have in your pew. The very final verse of that chapter, verse 18, we all with unveiled face, beholding as in a mirror the glory of the Lord, are being transformed into the same image from glory to glory, just as by the Spirit of the Lord. Then. New King James is translating it literally as in a mirror. We're looking at Jesus as we look in a mirror. So how do you look in a mirror? Uh, Before I come out, I look in the mirror and I do this, and make sure my hair is in the right place, that that, uh, my collar is straight. I mean, I'm really looking. The New International Version changes that to when we contemplate, when we look at Christ and we contemplate, we think about it, when we see Christ on the cross and we think about it, we are transformed. The text says, from glory to glory. When we look at the cross, something amazing happens. Now, this is under the conclusion, the law can guide us in life, and we need that, because we're selfish, even as Christians. We need to know how we can serve others. The law can give us an internal view of ourselves. We need that. We need to know the depth of our problem, how strong our self-centeredness is, But the law always drives us to Christ. When we are blind and know that the law can't save us, we're driven to Christ, the one who is our righteousness, who removes our guilt, who gives our lives significance and worth, who forgives our sins, who loves us unconditionally, who accepts us eternally. And that changes us. Looking to the law and thinking that if you meditate long enough and hard enough, it will inspire and empower you, that's, that's fool's gold. It don't work. It's only when we contemplate Christ, shrouded in darkness, the new holy of holies. And we experience the power of the cross, and it humbles us, and it makes us more gracious. You know, the Pharisees, just for a, a final nail in the coffin, the Pharisees, for all their study of the law, were they better people? In Luke 18, when Luke introduces the parable of the tax collector and the Pharisee, he says, Jesus told this parable to people who justified themselves and looked down on everybody else. They're self-righteous, judgmental jerks. That's what the law created. It's only the gospel that humbles us that only God dying on a cross could fix our problem. That's pretty severe. It's Christ dying on the cross that makes us gracious and giving and forgiving and a desire to serve others. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, blind us so that we don't look to ourselves, our own performance, or the law to change what needs to be changed within us. Blind us so that we see Jesus as the light of the world who came to release us from the prison house of our self-centeredness, from the dark dungeon of our self-indulgence, and change us today and forever. We ask in Jesus' name. Amen.